Hey guys, and welcome back to the Pennies Pounds podcast with your host Kia. And this is the podcast where we aim to dispel your myths, simplify difficult financial jargon, and rectify your own personal problems. Happy Mondays, always, guys. It's going to be an amazing week, and we have an amazing episode for you today. We're talking about something that everyone is experiencing. I don't know about you guys listening, but I have had so many of these. I think in like the last couple of months that is, I think it's something important to talk about. But before we get into that, I have an amazing guest with me. Hi, my name is Cash. Um, I work at the security team at Monzo and I run a personal finance newsletter called Cash and Money. Um, and previously, I used to work in the fraud investigations team at Monzo amazing i absolutely love your newsletter whenever i get that into my inbox i love it so guys if you haven't subscribed already i'll put the link in the podcast episode description anyway so you can go and click through and subscribe but what are we talking about today so today i wanted us to talk about scams and a particular scam that i've been seeing um coming up a lot more often in people's messages it's to do with the i think you've, you've probably seen the royal mail scam yes. recently going around Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know, I almost got tricked into that one. And usually I'm very good at catching scams, but I ordered some stuff. So when I got the, the text through, it said, you know, oh, you need to pay something. And I, I ordered my things from abroad. So I said, oh, yes, that's mm-hmm. me. Then I, I stopped and I said, wait, wait, Kia, you're better than this. I looked at the number. I said, nope, this is a scam. So I'm so happy that we're talking about this today. But tell me a bit more about scams, because I mean, I've noticed, I've noticed a rise in scams in the last couple of months. But what does that look like? Yeah, so I think having a look online, I found that um, incidents of fraud have risen over 33% since the start of the pandemic last year. And um, Action Fraud have said that roughly around, I think it's 34.5 million pounds has been stolen since the 1st of March 2020. So that's you know, quite a lot of money being lost to these scams. Yes, that's so crazy. I mean, I I guess for scammers, it's a great time to take advantage, unfortunately, of people who have lost income and lost their jobs. Um, It's it's so horrible. I noticed, I looked online and actually saw someone share a story where they actually lost a great deal of money towards one of these scams, actually the the Royal Mail scam, if you saw that one. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've seen it as well. Basically, because I've worked in the fraud investigations team at the bank, I thought it'd be really nice for me to share mm-hmm. um, some things I've noticed that are common with this type of scam and what you can sort of um, keep an eye out for and yes. how you can avoid losing your own money to this scam because it's a really horrible feeling and I wouldn't want anyone to fall for it. Exactly that. So when it comes to scams, how does it work? If, if you could break it down step by step for us, how does it actually work? All right. So I would say there's about three main steps to how this works. So step one is the scammer getting your phone number. So the majority of the time, scammers actually can pretty easily find a large database of phone numbers and usually names and other pieces of information through something called a data breach. It's essentially where an online website or some payment portal has been hacked and some details have been stolen. And usually these um massive sets of data are just floating around online so scammers can easily get these and then start sending out text messages to you um that's just the first part just in the last month there was a recent data dump the data of 500 million users from facebook wow um uh that was actually an old data breach from 2019 but um i think most people don't change their phone numbers too often so even though the data is a few years old a lot of the phone numbers might still be relevant. So scammers will 
share, share around this information and uh, just send out as many text messages as I can doing that. Wow, that's that's crazy. And those numbers are insane. Is there any way that we can kind of check whether or not we're in the security breach from whatever website? Yep. So there's actually a really handy free tool called haveibeenpwned.com. If you Google it online, you'll be able to type in your your email address or phone number on that website, and you'll be able to see if any of your data has been breached in the previous data be, uh, breach. It It's great because it goes through all of the known data breaches. Unfortunately, there are some unknown ones. For example, the Facebook one, it's been around since 2019, but we only really found out about it this year, two years no, three years later now. Wow. That's that's an so, amazing yeah. website. Yeah, thank you so much. So I'm going to, again, put that in episode description if you want to have a look and check. I would recommend it to everyone listening. My dad made me do this about a good three, four years ago, and I period- periodically get emails let me know when I've been involved in breaches. So I try my best to tight up security when that does happen. So yeah, I would recommend anyone listening to go ahead and do that. But that's amazing. So we've done step one. What was step two look like then? All right, so step two is essentially the part where the scammer now sends you a text message, right? And this text message can look like it's coming from a legitimate company such as Royal Mail, DHL, your phone network provider, uh, a bank that you might bank with, PayPal, a utility provider. There's so many different companies they can try and pretend to be. Um, it's You always sort of have to be on your toes about this because they can also use a trick called spoofing where they're able to make their text message look like it's coming from uh, one of the companies that I've just mentioned. So imagine if you've got a uh, string of text messages from your bank uh, with some security codes, for example. Um, They might be able to pop their messages in that same thread because of how text messages work. That makes sense. Yes, because I've actually noticed that before where it looks mm-hmm. because for example let's let's just say it's one of my banks and because I've I've gotten security codes from them before now I see this come up you you're going to think it's legitimate because it's in that thread but that's mm-hmm. that's really wow they're really getting clever aren't they they're really really getting clever. Yeah, it's um unfortunately it's due to how text messages work that they're able to do that. Mm. Um there's not much we can actually do about that except really raise awareness that you know these sort of things can happen so usually when when that happens the text message will normally contain a little bit of information this information will tr- normally try to grab your attention maybe it'll be about paying a fee for your um, a, d- a delivery or saying that a new payee has been added to your bank account or that you need to update some details somewhere and all the scammer is trying to do at this point is get your attention to click the link that they've included in that text message and this is something I think everyone should be aware of. Please do not click the links in these text messages because usually they will t- lead you to a usually a faked website that looks exactly like the real website, except the difference will be with the fake website, the scammer will be trying to collect as many of your personal details as possible. So your phone number wasn't enough. They want as many details as they can get, whether that's your full name, date of birth, your account details, so your account number, sort code, and sometimes even your card details. Wow. No, yeah. yes, it's, it's so important. So with that being said, because the, some of them can look so similar to the original website, what should we be looking out for with these fake websites? The thing I really recommend is learning how to read the URL, which mm-hmm. is the line of the 
the line of text, which is essentially the web link. There is a really good blog post by Monzo. I'm not trying to self-promote. Um, <laughs> I just okay. think it is really good. Uh, one of the security engineers I work with have put it together and it explains it really well on how you can spot how these web links work. But essentially, if I can give you like a quick one minute breakdown of how it works, it's basically the start of a URL can usually be anything you want. So if I have the domain name pineapplestudios.com, for example, right? Yes. In front of that, I can put any word. So I could have pizzahut.pineapplestudios.com or any other company. And usually fraudsters will try and put in the names of whatever companies that they're pretending to be. So that might be your bank, your uh, utility provider, and so on. And most people just read the first part of the text uh, of the link. So they read that and they think, oh, yeah, that's, that's you know, this legitimate company i'll just click the link and that's how they trick you yeah i, I think that's super important and again I'll, there's so many links in this episode because i think it's so important but i will put the link to that yeah. article in this this podcast um description as well because that is super super important to be able to tell the difference yeah, that would be great yeah uh i think that explains it uh way better than i've just done and it's actually really interesting to understand how it works it's if you search it online you can also search behind the uh behind the scenes of a phishing scam and you can usually find it at the top of your search results as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. So we've done step one. You've broken down for us how to find or how, how they, they locate your number. Step two is mm -hmm. how they try and lure you in. So what would you say step three is? So step three is now basically the scammer has got as many details as they can about you. So now this is the usually the hardest part for them because now they're going to call you pretending to be Usually your bank, sometimes it's HMRC or the police. But for this example, let's say they're going to call pretending to be your bank. Okay. So this is the point where you will get a phone call. It might just be some random point in the day. You'll pick it up. You'll say hello. They'll say they're calling from your bank about a suspicious bit of activity on your account. And this is usually the first bit of the of how they lure you in. But for this part, they want to trick you into thinking it's important or it's urgent. So once they've said that first bit, they've got you on the hook, basically, at that point. They can, they're very clever. Some of them know how an official bank security process might be for going through the steps of verifying your identity. So they might, might ask you to confirm some details, except they might already have those details at hand, right? So they might actually repeat your details back to you and say, can you confirm, do you live here? Is this your date of birth? And that sounds believable. That's the sort of information you would expect your bank to know about you, right? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Except if you've typed those same details into those fake websites, they're able to use that information against you. So wow. one of the brilliant ways that they're able to, well, not brilliant, but it's a smart way, really. What one smart thing they can do is if they've managed to get a hold of your card details, what they can do is make very small transactions on your bank card and then say, we're calling you about those transactions that you're seeing on your bank account. So it looks very real because only your bank would really know about that and the person who's used your card details, right? Yeah. So all of this is just done so that they can build a sense of trust so that you trust them because the next part is where they get you to do things that you might not want to do, but they will keep, in, they will keep reassuring you, telling you that they are the bank. Look, we know all these details about you. We know about the activity on your account. And it's all just a, all just a way of trying to trick you to hand over more details or more information or Usually money is, is what they're after at this point. They'll often ask you to move your money to a new account. Previously, they used to say a safe account or a holding account. 
But I think that terms become quite common now, and people are now aware when people say that now, especially the scam. Well, they're aware when the scammers say this. So they now just avoid using that term completely, and they just make up any number of reasons to get you to move money from your bank account to another bank account. And, and the sad thing is, when you move that money to another bank account, um, it's usually to the scammer's bank account. And once they've got your money, they will usually hang up the phone and try and move that money away as fast as they can. Wow, that uh, that is just so crazy. Hearing that is so insane. Some of the lengths that they go to is try and get people's details out of them and try and, you know, essentially ruin people's lives. It's really, really crazy. What would be a tip that you'd say? So imagine someone's gotten to this point, they, they haven't realised and they're on the phone now. What would be a tip that, that you'd give someone? So usually when you go to try and make these bank transfers, there'll be a warning. Most banks uh, offer this in their app. There'll, there'll be a warning, warning you not to make this bank transfer. They might even ask you for a reason. And based on the reason, it might say, don't move this money. And if you mention that to the scam and they tell you to ignore that, that is a major red flag because your bank will never tell you to ignore a warning within your bank app or on your bank uh, online banking web portal. Those warnings are there to protect your money from this exact scam. That's a really, really good tip. I mean, it, it's true. If you're on the phone to the bank and your app says don't move the money, you should absolutely listen to that. That's, I love that. Thank you so much. But let's just say, right, so we've gone through the steps. Let's say, unfortunately, there's someone who's listening who has mm-hmm. a fallen victim to the scam. What can they do? Is there anything they can do? So there's a few things you can do. The very first thing is that you call back your bank using the official details on their website or maybe the details on the bank back of your bank card and just letting them know what's happened because they'll be able to start looking into that for you. Make sure you include as, m- as much detail as you can because they will try to essentially like they'll, they'll look into the report as best as they can, but they need to know all the details, as much information as you can. So don't skimp on any information that might be really useful. The reason I I say you should do it as soon as possible is because it can be really hard to recover that money and fraudsters will try and move that money from one account to another or by withdrawing it at ATMs, um, just making it really hard to trace back. So that's why it's really important that you tell them as soon as you can. The other thing you can do is report it to action fraud. And additionally, if you get those text messages, you can actually report them to your network provider by forwarding those messages to 7726. And the more of these types of messages that your network provider gets, the easier they're, well, it makes it easier for them to be able to try and track down and stop these frauds. I think that is really important. The last bit, forwarding it to your, your network provider is really important. I had no idea you can do that, but I'm definitely going to be doing that going forward because I have a flurry of messages on my phone. And I think it's really important to try and crack down and reduce the, the amount that people are getting. So that's really, really important. I think a big question that a lot of people will have on their mind. So let's say again, as you mentioned, someone's fallen victim, you know, you let your bank know and they'll try and, you know, process that as, as quickly and do it as much as they can. Will the bank actually refund you the money? Let's say someone's lost all of their money. Will the bank actually mm-hmm. refund you? All right. So this is a question that kind comes up very often. And I'll be honest, it's really hard to say because most banks will take this on a case by case basis. So that's why I mentioned telling your bank as many details of, of the scam as possible, including the text message you might have received, entering details on, on, a, on a fake website and everything that happened on the call. Um, but yeah, it, it, it really is just hard to say. They do take it case by case and situations like this are really stressful on people. 
And it's just horrible knowing that you've been scammed, but also having to tell the bank that you've been scammed. It's just a really demotivating feeling. I personally think the best thing to do is to be aware of how these scams work in the first place and just always trying to keep on top of how they work because unfortunately, they're just always changing. There's always different variations of it. Maybe scammers are phoning, pretending to be from different companies. Like I mentioned, they could say they're from the police or that they're from HMRC. The main thing you'll notice that they'll always try and do is to try and pressure you into doing something you, you don't want to do. And as I've mentioned, these sort of authorities, figures, uh, organizations, they will never ever try to pressurize you like this in a real situation. But um, additionally, I think there is a great service that people can sign up to. Um, it's a service for scam alerts from the Witch Group. You just type in your en- enter. Uh, sorry, you just type in your email address on their website. Um, here, I'm hoping you can also include a link to this in in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you you just give them your email address, and every now and again, they'll send you a new email about a new type of scam that's emerging, or just reminders about previous scams and if they're being being seen more often and i think it's a really useful service and it 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 only takes maybe five ten minutes of your day and you're clued up on all the latest scams it's, it's great and it's free that's, that's the brilliant thing that's a great service that's really really good so again as as mentioned it'll be in the episode description so don't worry about it guys all the links are there i'm definitely going to sign up because these scams are constantly changing and evolving and it's so important to keep on top of it so thank you so so much so far very from that you've all the gems that you've given us so far honestly thank you so much i have one question for you i've just got one question for you you ready yeah of course yeah <laughs> so working so doing what you do working monzo in, in the security department what has been almost like the biggest scam that you've seen happen across monzo accounts because i'm sure i mean i've heard many stories people who have you know fallen victim to fraud and those kind of scams especially monzo customers so what, what has been one that you've kind of witnessed maybe, maybe a large amount or maybe the way it was done i think one of the most common scams that I've seen over the last year, especially the pandemic, is payment scams, to be honest. Um, it can be for anything. And over time, the item you might be trying to buy changes. I think at the start of the lockdown, we saw a lot of people trying to get their hands on Nintendo Switches. Yes. Um, and usually Gumtree or maybe Facebook Marketplace, uh, someone might be selling one of these things, right? And you decide to buy one, and the usually uh, a scammer might ask you to send the payment upfront without really seeing the item, or well, yeah, without really seeing the item, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what they'll do is they'll get you to send the money for the item, and then they will just block you and um, empty out that account. Um, so you've essentially lost your money then, and you have not got your item either. So like I mentioned, it could be for a Nintendo Switch. Sometimes it's for bikes. Um, there have been scams like that for puppies as well, for pets. Wow. That is a very common scam that pops up quite often. And I think that's something people should be aware of as well. Yes, absolutely. Akash, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for all the gems. Like I mentioned again, all the links will be in the description for Akash's newsletter. For everything that you've mentioned, you can just click through and with ease, sign up to everything and make sure that you are protected from these scams. Thank you so much. But before you go, can you just tell everyone where they can find you if they want to follow you, keep up with gems that you're giving, everything? Yep. So you can find my uh, personal finance newsletter at akashandmoney.com and you can sign up that way. And you can also find me on Twitter at akashgaswami underscore. 
and also a cash and money on Twitter as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Guys, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you again, Akash, for coming on. Stay up to date with scams. Please don't fall victim to scams because they're getting smarter and smarter, but we need to stay on top of it. As always, we're back again next week with a new episode and we hope you have an amazing week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>